What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Racklevin. It is Wednesday, June 23rd, and the Green Bay Packers are up in our team preview series here. Before we dive into the Packers, and we got a big thing to talk about right out of the gate, but let me just remind you that we do have a contest going on right now. It's pretty simple to enter. All you have to do is review the show on Apple, iTunes, whatever it is, Apple Podcasts, whatever they're calling it these days. Review and rate, and in your review, leave your Twitter handle. Already seen a bunch of these, which is fantastic. Appreciate the support. Appreciate the help here. And so you're entered in to win a free t-shirt. I like free stuff. I do. And a free rant t-shirt is pretty sweet. I don't know if you've seen these, but it is the podcast logo, uh, and it's eye-catching. I have had people who've stopped me and said, hey, what is that? What is that (laughs) t-shirt? So... They don't listen to the show, obviously, but regardless, uh, you get uh, a freebie there. I'll announce a winner in July, so please enter now, and uh, again, appreciate that support. All right, so let's talk about it, Aaron Rodgers, all right? One of the stories that has dominated the offseason, we've had a couple of them, right? Obviously, Julio Jones, that is all resolved now. Uh, Deshaun Watson, which we'll talk about actually in our next podcast, but then Aaron Rodgers is the other big one, and so... It all unfolded on the first night of the NFL draft when it was announced that Aaron Rodgers was a potential trade candidate, Uh, and then things have kind of, well, they've continued from there with Rodgers being rather quiet. It's not that he's been completely silent because he, of course, did do uh, that interview with Kenny Mayne in whatever, I guess it was Kenny Mayne's last broadcast with ESPN. Uh, but he still didn't even really say that much. More or less, it's been other people speaking for him, including former teammate James Jones. Who? James Jones! But Aaron Rodgers not telling us much. Now, the other day, he did renew his country club membership at the Green Bay Country Club, whatever, for whatever that is. Does that really mean anything? No. What really means something here is, is what is the end result? And I am going to say this. Based on my read of this situation... The Packers are not going to trade him. It would be foolish for the Packers to trade Aaron Rodgers, the reigning MVP, a guy who just threw 48 touchdowns. That is not something good organizations do. That's something hack organizations do, and the Packers are not a hack organization. So that really leaves us with one of two outcomes, and I guess, well, you could kind of say one of three outcomes, but two of them are kind of the same thing in that Rodgers wouldn't play. He wouldn't play either via holdout or via retirement. Now, a holdout could prove very costly because the current CBA in the league does stipulate that there are mandatory fines that the teams have in place if players are holding out, and those fines cannot be waived. For minicamp, they can be waived. They could waive Rodgers' fines for holding out in minicamp. That's that's, uh, insignificant, but once we get to training camp, those fines can't be waived. So in order to maybe get around that, Rodgers could retire, and note if you retire, you can unretire at any point. So he could, in theory, retire through the preseason and then come back during the season. There's a lot of different avenues there. But either way, those two paths would mean he would not be in a building and it would be Jordan Love. Now, Rodgers could also just show up at training camp and all is sort of forgotten. And we kind of get to this point where we are now with Russell Wilson, where all that stuff about Russell Wilson before the NFL draft way back when in March, that's kind of forgotten right now. I think that's the direction Aaron Rodgers goes. So here's how I'm approaching Aaron Rodgers. Like right now in best ball, 
I if I do draft Rodgers at a value, I certainly do the unconventional move of handcuffing a quarterback with Jordan Love just in case the insurance policy of you know if Rodgers doesn't play. That's it. That's it right there. It's unconventional, but I would rather get something out of that position than absolutely nothing. And I don't love the move, but I've used it. I don't hate it. Now, the good news is by the time we're in fantasy football draft season, we're going to know if Aaron Rodgers is in camp. We're going to know if he's there. And if he's there, we're good to go. Right now, projecting him out, he's not a big yardage guy. He never has been through the course of his career. Aaron Rodgers doesn't hasn't approached 5,000 passing yards. He's just uber efficient. So projecting out at 4,400 yards, 4,420 to be precise, 34 passing touchdowns, which is a big number. Doesn't run a ton at this point in his career, but he'll chip in 130 to 150 rushing yards, maybe two touchdowns or so there. He's a top 10 fantasy option, but the thing about Rodgers, as we saw last year, is his his passing touchdown ceiling is so enormous that he easily has top five fantasy upside, if not better, right? But at a baseline and in a normal year of efficiency, because let's not forget the two years before this were actually very poor years in terms of passing touchdown efficiency, but in a normal year of efficiency, which I'm projecting here, top 10. And you may, I don't, I don't think, I don't think you'll get a discount on him when we get to like late August, early September, because like I said, I do think we're going to have clarity and the thing about the NFL, as I mentioned with Russell Wilson or you know other players, once things are resolved and we kind of move on, we kind of forget about it, right? We're not really talking about Julio Jones that much anymore. It's resolved. We've kind of moved on. We're not talking about Russ. We've re- resolved all of that. We've moved on. But we obviously are talking about Aaron Rodgers right now. If he's in camp, it'll kind of be resolved, though. So that is the one nice thing. We will actually have some, you know, some serious clarity by that point in the calendar there's more to this team obviously it's a very top heavy team so why don't we do this the next group I want to talk about here I do want to talk about who Rodgers is throwing the ball to he obviously has an all-world wide out in Devontae Adams he's got some depth here Alan Lazard Marquez Valdez Scantling Equinemius St. Brown and then a very interesting rookie out of Clemson in Amari Rodgers has a very intriguing skill set So let's take a break, and then when we come back, I'll tell you how I'm dividing up the targets. We'll break down the fantasy outlook, and if there's any deep value to be mined here among these Green Bay Packers wide receivers, that's right after this break. Okay, so Devontae Adams is a stud. (laughs) You're not listening to this podcast for me to tell you that. He's projecting out right now as the number one fantasy wide receiver. I'm not ranking him there because of the Aaron Rodgers uncertainty, but I am ranking him at three. Right now, the only two wideouts I have ahead of him are Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs. So depending on when you're even listening to this podcast, maybe that, you know, maybe we do ultimately have clarity at that point. And he's back to number one. He is a double-digit touchdown machine. He is a catch machine, and he has very little competition for targets. 165 targets for Adams. Next on the list is 79 to Alan Lazard. So yeah, Adams is going to eat as long as Rodgers is under center. If it's Jordan Love, then we have to readjust. I still think he can be a back-end wide receiver one, even with Jordan Love. But, you know, because he did it with Brett Hundley. 
but he's not elite anymore, unfortunately. So that's kind of where we are with him. As I mentioned with Lazard, I do think he's the next man up. 79 targets for him. Comes in at wide receiver 59. So maybe there's some deep uh, value, you know, late round value with him. Amari Rodgers is the next guy on my list, though. I don't know if he starts the season as the number three, but here's what we know about Rodgers. He's a versatile player who, who does have the ability to actually carry the ball out of the backfield. I initially and probably mistakenly comped him to Ty Montgomery. I think the better comp, actually, now that I look at it more, is Randall Cobb. He does have that skill set to him, and he's actually a better, more prototype slot receiver than Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So MVS is kind of the odd man out here. 63 targets for Rodgers, uh, 42 for MVS. I actually like Rodgers a lot in Dynasty now. He's really grown on me. So if you're able to scoop him up, if you still have a rookie draft, uh, then I would go for it. Then, you know, going down the list, Funches is technically on this squad. Equinemia St. Brown, but not really having any targets go to them. Because I do actually still have 70 targets going to Bobby Tunyon. Now, Tunyon was off the charts efficient from a touchdown standpoint. And in a lot of ways, followed what Rodgers was doing last year. You know, the touchdown efficiency was there. We can't expect double-digit touchdowns out of a tight, especially a tight end who's not going to see triple-digit targets. You just can't expect that. So don't look back to last year and chase those numbers. But the reality is they kept him around for a reason. And, you know, he's a pretty solid football player all around. Is he ever going to be a world beater at the position? No. I mean, last year's probably going to be the high water mark for his fantasy uh, career. But he can still be a top 10 option. He can still be a 3-for-32 plus type of guy. In fact, I do have him basically projected at three receptions per game. It's 52, but 51 would be three per game. 575, but here's the kicker. I do still think, even though he may not be a double-digit touchdown guy, he's a six or seven touchdown guy, projecting at six right now. That's three for 32 plus. That's a guy who gets you three for 32 and really gives you a much better chance of getting in the end zone. And remember, three for 32, that's 6.2 PPR points. Three for 32 and a touchdown, that's 12.2. So it's a big, big, big difference right there. Uh, after them, uh, Mercedes Lewis is the next guy on the list. I mean, really, there's not much to be, get too excited about there. So let's save the best for last. Well, maybe not the best, but the most intriguing, other than Aaron Rodgers, is the backfield. Because, all right, they actually re-signed, surprisingly, re-signed Aaron Jones. I thought he would hit, hit he would have hit the open market. He didn't. I mean, I guess technically he did, but they still end up re-signing him. Jamal Williams is gone. Uh, he, of course, is in Detroit. If you want to, uh, if you missed that episode, make sure you download and listen to that. I talked about Jamal Williams and Anthony Lynn's irrational love of him on that episode. But that leaves A.J. Dillon there. We know A.J. Dillon is a monster of a human being who certainly can contribute on early downs. And there's really nobody else. You have Kylan Hill deep on the depth chart. Dexter Williams probably the number three this year. So nobody else. It really comes down to a committee of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Now, because of A.J. Dillon's presence, I don't think Aaron Jones gets a massive amount of carries this season. I think he's a 200-carry guy, but I don't think he's a 250-carry guy because I do think A.J. Dillon is going to get about a buck fifty. I'm 151 right now. Now, Jones is a 50-plus catch guy, 51 to be precise in my projections, only 21 for A.J. Dillon. He's like a one-catch-a-game type of guy. 
But the problem that I think we're going to run into with Aaron Jones is Aaron Jones is phenomenal. We know that. And I don't think that goes anywhere this year. But there are going to be certain weeks where we get a little too much A.J. Dillon. We went down that road before, right? There were certain weeks with Aaron Jones where we got a little too much Jamal Williams. Just a little bit too much. Not a massive amount of Jamal Williams, but a little bit too much. So I think that's where we're going to be, and it is something that we do need to note. Now, Aaron Jones has a massive ceiling. Aaron Jones is certainly a a double-digit touchdown type of guy. Actually, I do have him at 11 total. Eight rushing and three receiving, because this dude has a nose for the end zone. The nice thing is he's being slightly devalued. You know, he's now a guy who... If everything went swimmingly and no no uh, Aaron Rodgers problems whatsoever, he was probably a guy who would went in the earlier part of the first round. Not the first three picks or so, but he probably wouldn't have gotten past six. He's going to get past six, and he might even get to like 10, 11, 12, which is not a bad spot to take him. Just realize that you do have a little bit of an A.J. Dillon dilemma. As far as handcuffing him is concerned, like Dylan is a premium handcuff. He's a he's got an independent value of Jones, and he would also be an instant, you know, RB one if Jones went down. Uh, I I don't mind the move. I don't often make the move in in fantasy drafts. I value handcuffs more down the stretch, but I wouldn't talk you out of that one uh, right there. So there you go. There's the Green Bay Packers next on the list. The Houston Texans. Obviously, a lot to unpack there with Deshaun Watson, so I will give you the latest there. We'll also break down, do we have to, the backfield, the wideouts, yay. All right, in the meantime, make sure you're following along on social media. I am at Jeff Radcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Radcliffe on Instagram. Use the hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the pod. And by the way, get that merch, sawdustpods.com. If you want a rant t-shirt, you don't want to try and win it, just buy it. I won't hate you if you do it. All right, Houston, Texas coming up next. I'll catch you on the flip side. I'm Jeff Radcliffe, and I'm out of here.